The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. And welcome to the Toronto Raptors Hoop Ball Podcast. I am here today with Kieran Smythe. Good day, everybody. And Ben Harrison. Mr. Hodgins, how are you now? Oh, not so bad. And we are here today to talk about the Toronto Raptors almost <laughs> off-season. If you're looking to follow us here on the podcast, you can follow us at Hoop Ball Raptors. That's at Hoop ball raptors on twitter and instagram and ben do you want to tell the fine folks how to find you online oh of course yes on twitter and instagram i got the same handle it's at benny and the raps and kieran same question on twitter you can find me at k underscore dilla and instagram it's uh, at k dilla 1981 excellent and if you do get the chance oh you'll Sorry, if for some reason you want to follow me, it's at Brendan Hodgins. That's at Brendan Hodgins. If you do get the chance, please head on over to hoop-ball.com. That's hoop-ball.com. And that's for all your basketball needs. You know, if you're in your fantasy playoffs, or I guess it would be the championship, this would be the time to go over there. Check out if they have any good streamers. If you're into DFS or if you're just looking to make some bets, please head on over to hoop-ball.com. Well, guys, we've entered the whose line is it anyways part of the season where the points don't matter and nobody cares. So, <laughs> what uh, what do you think going forward here? You know, we're just going to mostly be paying attention just to give everybody uh, out there. We kind of talked about this before a little bit, but it's going to be more about the development, uh, what we're seeing from the new guys, what to expect, if whether or not they're going to get signed, or if we think new guys should get brought in for certain positions. Uh, we'll be very little on the actual outcomes of the games yeah. we'll be discussing anymore. Um, Kieran, uh, out of this game coming up here, you know, uh, there's about five guys that are interesting that we're trying to take a look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the rookies plus Trent Jr., was there something that you saw out of them that you think needs to get discussed? Um, well, I feel like this might be the first game where sort of Malachi took the like took the reins. There was no like the no Lowry. Uh, not much backup from any other starters other than Siakam. Um, so, you know, it was interesting to see him in that role. Did a reasonable job. His assists were a little little lower than what we've been accustomed to seeing from him lately. Um, but, you know, solid overall game. I chipped in a lot on the rebounds. He was. This was a strange one because he was, you know, second for rebounding on our team. Uh, you know, he out-rebounded Cam Birch. Cam Birch out-assisted him, so... It was a strange game with this one, but uh, Jalen Harris did uh, another really good job sort of showing what he can do with some extended minutes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was a solid backup to uh, whatever guard we have out there. So I like to see that. He also came in with four assists, shot pretty well from the floor. Um, so, yeah, that was a, a big sort of thing. This was, I think, uh, our 34th, I think they said, starting lineup for the uh, the year. So it's, again, just sort of rolling the dice. He was going to be out there today, but... Uh, yeah, no, I liked what I saw from those guys. Trent uh, sort of struggled shooting this game, but um, you know the uh, the two point guards were looking pretty good. Of course, we're we're doing pretty good in the point guard department now. But if Lowry goes, this is a promising sort of sign, as what we can hope to expect 
because even if one or both these guys have to share some minutes or you know a combination of a shooting guard role with Trent and a backup point guard role uh they're both they're both looking pretty good going into the end of the season here and I'm sure we'll see a lot more from them in the next few games since we're resting everybody and everyone's hurt so that's nice. Yeah, there you go. Uh, specifically for Jalen Harris here, Ben, was there uh, something you mm-hmm. saw out of his gameplay? Uh, yeah, I guess he had you know kind of a mini breakout there. I think he was third. Yeah, third on the team in minutes. He actually had more than Malachi, so that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You know, we're seeing uh, we're seeing Kieran get his wish here with all the younger guys, like finally just getting a ton of run, and getting the keys to the car, and yeah. seeing what happens. Um, so that's kind of cool to watch. Um, yeah, he looked pretty good. I thought like he's got uh, he's got pretty good length for for a smaller two guard. Um, yeah, he's not the biggest dude out there, but he's definitely got some potential as a top rotational piece. Mm-hmm. I don't like being one of those guys that you know makes career pronouncements, even though we've only seen him play a handful of games. But like, just an early look at him, you think maybe like the ceiling for someone like that is like a Terrence Ross, somebody who can score in bunches and. Uh, you know, but you don't really want him out there starting and defending for forty minutes a game. Um, but yeah, he looked pretty. Yeah, looked pretty good. Um, these new up and coming kids, though, I tell you, I was looking at his shot chart from all the games, and every single shot attempt is either uh, from the perimeter or right in the paint. You know, it's just analytics, analytics, analytics is being mm-hmm. drilled into these guys. So we're never going to see another Kobe or you know. DeMar DeRozan type ever again, I don't think. But Gary Trent tries his best. He does, yeah. That's one he's thing I like about him. He jumper. likes to pop up. Yeah, he's got that. Yeah, definitely. He likes to pop it up from the top of the key there. Um, but, um, yeah, so that's about what I saw from him. Malachi, you know, got to run the show, but he had an okay game. I guess he was about the only one shooting the ball decently um, in that one. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, assists as um, the team total for assists was only 18, so nobody was really uh, moving it too well out there. The turnovers were crazy in that game, too. I don't know if you saw that one possession with uh, – there was about 75 turnovers. It looked like one of those March Madness things, just, you know, back and forth, back and forth. But. Was it the one that ended with um, Siakam up at the end, the other end of the court open for a dunk? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like, he had just given up. Like, okay, this isn't happening. He had just stopped playing. Yeah, then, yeah, that's what I found shocking about that is all the turnovers and the commotion on the other end, we were still able to throw it to him, and he was under the basket. Like, I would like to see just what he was doing the entire time when all that other <laughs> yeah, stuff was going on. Yeah, just his hands up. Just, like, yeah, standing there talking to a ref or something. But, um, yeah, it got a little... There was talking a, to Coach Freddie. doing his best yeah. Kobe impression. There was a few plays where like things got a little out of control and sloppy, but again, when you don't have your your primary, you know, ball handlers, playmakers, when they're not in, then that bound to happen. Well, I know what our excuse was, but Memphis had uh, seventeen yeah. on the night. Like they looked brutal, and they had all their guys pretty much. Yeah, so. yeah. we did a John decent Morant job, especially. Yeah, I was gonna say of shutting him down. Yeah, he did have that one highlight. Like, that's all I was looking forward to with him is, like, just jump out of the building. And yeah, he did yeah. it once uh, there for the alley-oop. But other than that, he was pretty quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems to be the Raptors' MO, though, is they like to take away the you know, the lead scorers of the other team and make the other guys beat them. The only problem is this year the other guys have been beating them. Yeah. Yeah, they pointed that out on TV that they're actually, like, so proficient at it that uh, other teams, like, advanced scouting staff are, like, watching... Uh, whenever they have an opponent, they'll watch their last game against the Raptors and see what you know Nick Nurse and the guys threw at them to see what's a good way to guard them. And apparently, they've, that's a lot of teams uh, have been doing that. But. 
Well, it's happened more than once where like a major star on a team has come out. Like people go, okay, who do you hate playing against? Like who plays defense the best? And usually they come out and they say, well, there's no one in particular. Everybody kind of does it a little bit differently, blah, 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 blah. But like Brad Beal said it right after his game saying like they had a guy on him the moment he exited the locker room. Mm -hmm. And Embiid said uh, in an interview earlier this year, basically saying, he's like, I don't care about it. I'm playing anybody other than the Raptors. The Raptors always have me. Yeah, we like to be a pain in the ass. Yeah, Gasol was his... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, well, there was all those jokes. His, yeah. About, you know, it's like... Uh, Embiid finally doesn't have to play against his dad when uh, Gasol went <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, you can't, uh, you can't buy experience, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it, well, it's funny that we're talking about Gasol, you know, because he learned all that with the grit and grind here. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Yeah, Val- Valentinus had a nice uh, revenge game there. Yeah, we let him go off a little bit, but uh, you know, good for him. Tw- like twenty-one rebounds. Like, where was that when you played for us? <laughs> you know what? He's done that twice against us. Eh? Oh, Last time yeah. too, put up twenty and twenty. So that's a little concerning. Our big guys didn't do what they normally do, but um, and yeah, they rebounded us by ten. So I know we always talk about that. Might as well keep that going. And uh, yeah, we don't we don't win the when there's a big differential in rebounds, we generally aren't going to win any games. So, well, that well is, I remember him coming out and being pretty um, like he was vocal about how he was pretty upset that we traded him away for Gasol right before the championship run. Like mm-hmm. he felt he was part of building everything, and he thought he could do just as much as Mark did. And blah blah blah. I don't really agree, but I know he got he was one pretty, assist. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was the big thing with uh, with Gasol. Yeah, the yeah, the playmaking. But yeah, we don't get the points. Not necessarily even rebounds with him, but he was a solid, good defender. He knew what to do, and he could move the ball around. He had a good eye for that, and could hit the odd shot. So, um, yeah, just this isn't what we necessarily need at the time. And I mean, it's hard to argue with yeah. with the results, right? So, it it does highlight something uh, about kind of the. It, brings us into the next conversation anyways yeah. uh, with the centers, uh, you know, looking at, you know, both Kem and uh, Gillespie's numbers here. Like, they, neither of them played poorly. Uh, Birch didn't have a great, uh, you know, shooting percentage for this game. Mm-hmm. But it, it does seem like there needs to be another piece added there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, even if it's, well, it, it's really tough to say too, cause we don't have like some of our other bigger guys, right? You know, if, yeah. if Boucher's Boucher. there, if Ananobi's there, um, I think that still looks yeah, a lot different. Hurt this game too. So he was out for part yeah. of it. So with those, with those other, even just those two guys, right. That's going to open up the floor for these guys a bit yeah. more. And uh, like we've seen, it'll help those guys out as well. So it's a tough one right now, for sure. We definitely are struggling with the, uh, with the bigger guys, but I think with the one extra piece or two extra pieces, a couple of our forwards, um, I think that changes that landscape a little bit. Um, but yeah, neither of these guys are good to, you know, be your a focal point of the team. But I think our team has always been, you know, we like the small ball. We got great guards. We got good shooting guards and, you know, like stretch fours. Um, so I think they could still find a pretty good role and we could still be very successful with them because, just because of the strength of the rest of our lineup if we can make a few moves so uh, I still like where we sit with them but yeah no this game shows that they can't be those guys for us and I don't think we ever got them with that intent so still don't mind too much of what I saw um 
and Cambridge only with the O for one for threes. I looked it up. He's uh, 35. You know, we talked about it last week. 35% with the Raptors from uh, three. So not awful. Um, but yeah, he shoots them at a low clip. So yeah, it doesn't hurt you as much if you're shooting poorly. If you're only you know, you know, if he's hit, if he's only hit three point five, let's say out of ten. Mm-hmm. So he's probably what seven for twenty or something along those something lines. Something like right? that ish. Yeah. yeah. Let's not get sucked in here, guys. He shouldn't be shooting them. It shouldn't even be a topic. <laughs> <laughs> even, don't give him that little wiggle. But part of there. the Raptors' offense is the big guys taking occasional threes. So it's gonna happen. Yeah. But as long as it's just one, yeah. and the, obviously they they've noticed that he has a uh, proficiency to, to hit a couple of them. If you've noticed, they haven't asked Gillespie to even go anywhere near the three-point line. So That's a good point. It's only Bird shooting them. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, actually, he is exactly uh, 7 for 20. He's shooting 1.3 games, played 15 games with us. So that's your, your 20 right there. So, yeah. The Seven thing I like about having... Um, uh, about having these guys in is just like when you have a young guy like Gillespie, like he goes up to contest every single shot with no regard for like his personal health or safety. And <laughs> yeah. uh, like so often with Aaron Baines, like that was more my frustration rather than the offense was just like he did not seem interested in taking any contact this year. Yeah. Like so often he would just stand back, stay out of the way, and not come with the help. And now you got Gillespie who just yeah, it's like uh, bad out of hell. But um, he's gonna get better slowly and surely. Oh yeah. Oh, I um, think there's gonna we're gonna see some good development in this off season with uh, a, a lot yeah, of these guys. Now that he's in our system, and, yeah. yeah. And like he had a um, uh, he had a really nice moment when he got a bucket down low. He was working on Valanciunas and. Uh, Kind of like put the shoulder in them into him and then put a little move on him and uh, was able to take it to the rack and uh, that's oh, yeah. that's no easy task against JV so um, and yeah the best part sir go, go ahead let you put, no finish finish oh no I was just gonna say and the only um, the other thing I notice every game is those high screens he sets for guys uh, at the top of the key that seem to work really really well he keeps laying people out. So. Yeah, he's one of those guys you expect to, like, I'm not sure if there's a summer league this year, uh, but they're probably going to try to get him to play as much basketball as humanly possible just to work on some of that stuff. Yeah, well, that's what I was, um, I put that down as well. Like, next season, he may very well end up starting for the, like, in the 905 rather than being on the team right away. So hopefully he yeah. responds the right way after getting his chance in the NBA and he might have to go back. But Well, you know, it's um, a two-way contract, right? There's the need. So like that, yeah, you just you never know. Some guys, you know, it's a hard adjustment. I would think, you know, private planes and all that, and going back to. But, but hey, we'll he'll be see. playing in Mexico. But uh, you weren't, yeah. But you weren't wrong though. Like I give Masai Jiri nothing but praise all the time. You know, I've said it. I hope he gets a lifetime extension. But when he screws up, we should probably call him on it. And um, yeah, just the center position was really not properly addressed in the, in the last off season, and this could have been a different season otherwise. Um, you know, letting Gasol and Ibaka go was done for good reason. We had our had our eyes on Anna Kumpo, but um, going into the season, trying to rely on Aaron Baines and Chris Boucher, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh, it really wasn't enough uh, for what we needed. So, yeah, I think I, the one thing though, if you think about it, had we done a little bit better this season, and then nothing really came of it, you know, we lost in the first couple rounds what would we be doing next season, right? Then then we might actually be in more of a rebuild scenario, whereas I think now we're in a great spot to quickly bounce back and not do a full rebuild at all, you know, be be a big oh, problem. Oh, me too. I just... So. Me too. I just don't think that's how they drew it up. No, know? no, definitely. <laughs> it's It hopefully works out that way, but no, it definitely... Uh, yeah, we're stumbling into this one, so... Yeah. I agree. Yeah. 
like everybody, you know, you talk about windows, like your championship windows and stuff like that. But uh, there's there's a, a new kind of thing that people are thinking of is maybe it's better to think about it as waves. Okay. Like, so instead of like you have a championship window of three years and then you have to rebuild for five and then you have a championship window for three years, mm-hmm. is you kind of like you crest and then you just dip a little bit instead of cratering and then you crest again. So it's more like two years in between your... Uh, championship win uh, opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you can you can win more often with less of a complete teardown. You know, yeah. keep keep an entertaining yeah, that's, product. That's why I don't like what uh, Oklahoma did this year. Like, I thought they were going pretty good with that rebuild, and then like they started showing some signs of life last season. Like, why not keep going from there? You know, why do they keep have to keep going down? But it must have, like, it's a story. For- have to do something with CP3 leaving though. Yeah, of course, but they traded him, right? They could have kept him around, kept building that team, and kept letting him coach all the young guys. But I know they got a nice package for him, but still, it's just uh, I'm not on board with that five year tank, you know, like yeah. you said. We've also talked about that too. Like now, you, it's great you have all these draft picks, but now you got to do something with them. Yeah. What are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, he's with under the gun, man. For sure. Young guys. Yeah, dudes, it's like. It's one of those, it's the old saying, right? It's like you had CP3, but now you have a draft pick, and you're like, that draft pick could be anything. It yeah. could even be CP3. Yeah. Yeah, the... one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just... yeah. Do you want what's in the box? Or uh, the box could be anything. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. It, it could even be a boat. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, draft picks, yeah, they're, they're, they're that ultimate thing where it's like maybe they they see the development with the guys that they have right now and they like it and they start trading those draft picks to get a couple more established players in to be with them. But Mm -hmm. the other thing is you can sort of target certain people to maybe trade them off. So if you know someone's looking for something and they have something you want and say, okay, well, if we draft this guy, we can go and get that from him with, you know, this piece. So you're going to have to do a lot of shuffling around because again, no one's building a team, you know, contender just based off of their drafts, right? You need, you need established players and veterans and all that other stuff. So uh, it'll be, I mean, it'll be an interesting. I'm glad the Raptors aren't in that boat. Let's just say that, you know, it'll be fun Absolutely. to watch. Yeah, from afar. yeah exactly. Uh, and interesting to see what, you know, comes of it because it's just kind of unprecedented the amount of picks they have over the next little while. But um, yeah, I like, I much prefer to be where we are. Uh, and yeah, I like the wave analogy sort of works for us, I think too. So. Yeah, it's like we didn't completely crash down and empty up our lineup here. It's still a pretty good base. Yeah, um, and it's still somewhat, when they're healthy anyway, it's still somewhat recognizable. You know, our starting lineup, if you look from back then, it's like, okay, yes, clearly the Raptors. <laughs> this last game, not so much. I'm really curious to see no. when we do our 35th different lineup next game um, <laughs> to see what we look like. Well, we keep everything. pointing out that number, and, like, you think about it. Like, in reality, though, every other night they're using a different lineup. Like, so... Expecting wins is just crazy, right? Yeah. Well, and there's only 72 games this season, right? So 35 is literally half the games for just a random. Every other night, you got a different guy on your wing. Every other night, there's a different guy under the bucket. Like, yeah. Yeah. That, and then they asked like, the, any of the guys who were normally the starters, they're like, yeah, you're fine playing 42 minutes a night, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then just got back. And you're cool. This, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then they're, then they're out you're the cool, next right, game. cool, right, Kyle? Like, Gee, yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. Yeah, give Kyle 20 minutes a game, you know, not 45, and then have to rest him for two games. So, like, well, I heard someone. Um, Go ahead. 
I heard, yeah, I heard someone making that point about all this, like, every guy takes a game off every time there's a back-to-back or whatever, three and five. How about instead of playing 40 nights, taking a, or 40 minutes, taking a night off, playing 40 minutes, how about you just play 28, all three games, same amount of minutes, but you're actually playing in every yeah. game, you know? I think the problem there is that the bench hasn't stepped up at all. I, think just means I don't mean for us, yeah. just kind of in general. Yeah. No. But. yeah. So I, anytime I the bench goes out there, they're getting crushed, so they have to put the starters back out. Yeah. If it becomes a thing where we know we're resting people on back-to-backs, then why are there so many back-to-backs? Shorten the season, you know, make these play-in tournaments, do something. But it shouldn't be, okay, as a back-to-back, we're not going to see, you know, one of the stars of the league one of those nights because they don't do that. They, they, they won't lower themselves to yeah. that or risk themselves being injured, whatever it is. But they get afforded that, you know, luxury. Yeah. And yeah, this year it's easy. Yeah, this year it's easy because there's no fans like paying paying to see them really, so they can get away with it. But it'll be different next year. Yeah. Yeah, that was also this season has been pretty much criticized by every coach, doctor, and player from the beginning, right? Especially the second half where they didn't have a schedule and they just decided to throw it together. And part of that is because they were like, yeah, well, the Olympics are at this time, so we have to make sure we're done by the Olympics. Right. Which was a stupid decision. They probably should have just ignored that. But I think the players, yeah, that goes both ways, though. The players really wanted, I think the players' union probably voted for the Olympics, right? Yeah, now they're all hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. I hope, oh, yeah, I'd like to see someone ever return to normalcy next year. I don't know about... Like in a full 82 game season, the need for a couple of extra games for this play-in tournament. So, yeah. um, we'll see what they do with that too. That'll be a big, uh, a big. Well, the head of the league has already topic. said that uh, they don't like it, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. LeBron. He came oh, out. okay, yeah. Oh shit. He now does. <laughs> he now. Uh, does it's like the it. best compromise I've seen is get rid of like the seventh team shouldn't have to compete. Like right now, Portland needs to be in this thing, and they're like 36 and 20 or something. Um, so, like, just leave it to the, like, 8, 9, and 10. Fine. Let them fight it out for that last spot. But uh, number 7 should be should be free and clear, which I agree with. Well, yeah, if 9 and 10 play for a chance to play 8, there you go, right? Um, yeah. So that would sort of, I think that does basically the same thing, just less risk to the 7th the spot. But Yeah. And it still puts the fight, you know, for 9, 10, 11, 12, depending how close the bottom of the pack is, they could all still be fighting hard for the end of the season to try to get the chance to play against the eighth seed. So, Yeah, and that's really the what this is all about, like trying to make it more interesting for those like up-and-coming teams that mm-hmm. actually want to sneak in. Yeah. Not like us, but more like Memphis or, or whoever. Yeah. yeah, because for the Raptors, obviously, like people have been kind of asking me a couple questions as to like, whoa, what's going on there? Like, how come they're not really competing? Like, they haven't been competing for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, and even though we sort of have been, because we talked about that at the start about uh, go one way or the other, and we didn't, never really did. Um, but it's not without you know sitting big guys on big nights. It's just we end up playing well and then uh, yeah. Yeah. winning games that we, did, we didn't think we'd win or, you know, having really close games and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, no, it's been, it's been a fun little roller coaster ride of the season. I'll definitely be glad to hopefully have a fairly set team moving into next year and see if we can develop them together. 
Yeah, and the, but and like some of those, like I saw somebody talking about some of those games where like the Raptors won down the stretch, which kind of like made it seem like they weren't really tanking. But if you look at those games, it was like Denver on a back to back, and that we crushed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was the uh, like Golden State when Golden State was playing really poorly at that point when we also crushed them, and then played Brooklyn with only Kyrie for their starters. Played, right. uh, and then there was like games against Cleveland, Detroit. Uh, the magic is like we're not out tanking them. They're they, yeah, they're yeah. full tank. Like we could even play our G squad and they probably give them a fight. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like a lot of the games that did get won near down the end uh, of the stretch, there wasn't necessarily that the Raptors weren't trying to tank. It's just that they couldn't out tank what was happening. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, yeah, then. Uh, so it looks, in that, as we talked about the tank there, we're probably locked in for the seventh spot in the lottery. Uh, the Kangs keep Kangsing out west. And uh, Chicago won again there. So it doesn't look... Uh, looks like that probably is where we're going to be set up. Yeah. Um, what, do you remember what the percentage chance? It's like 4.2 or something like that? For a seventh? I thought yeah. I remember it being seven and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's what you said the other day. Yeah. Yeah. I might that also might not be right, but I'm pretty sure I heard that. We'll double check it and we'll make a correction if that's not the case. But I think yeah, seven and a half percent. So not not god awful, you know, especially considering I think we said last week too, the you know, you can get up like a fourteen percent. So it's not great odds no matter where you are. Um so we'll see what happens. Yeah, if you go on uh, tankathon.com, it lets you uh, simulate the draft lottery as many times as you want and see how your team went. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So you do that next time. Nine times out of ten, we got this pick. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we got 7.5% chance. We got an 8.5% chance of getting in the top four. Um, We're guaranteed to go no lower than 10, so that's nice, you know. Yeah, um, and it seems like the average um, out of all of the things that they've done are six. The pick is like the sixth pick. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, you can play it on your own until you got number one. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of like if you're like me, you start googling some of these potential top picks in the mock draft and try to start getting yourself excited. Um, I'm gonna be all over draft night this uh, this off season like I never have been as a Raptors fan, but. Um, so I'll keep throwing out names every now and then, but uh, one guy to take a look at is Scotty Barnes. Um, that's a guy who's six foot nine. He's two hundred and twenty-five pounds. He's only eighteen years old. He attacks the rim, and they've been having him play that like kind of point forward role, like um, like Ben Simmons or LeBron James does these days. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's kind of his big uh, plus is his uh, playmaking, and um, I think he just fit right into our ball moving style mm-hmm. and. Uh, in today's positionless NBA, you know, that's the kind of guy you want. So he can't really shoot yet, but um, neither can I, and I'm 33, so. Yeah, he's got he's time got to work to on that if, if that's the case. But, um, I mean, if he could take it to the rim, pull somebody off, yeah. we've got lots of other guys he could pass out to and shoot if he's good at that too. So we could definitely make that work. I mean, Gillespie doesn't shoot threes, and we're still making it work with him. So I think he could contribute. Yeah. That is kind of one of those interesting things, though. Like, there's very few young guys that come out of the college or the G League or the, whatever it happens to be and actually as a polished shooter. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Even LeBron didn't get it going, like his three ball going until he was like 25 or so, right? 
Yeah, you got to remember time. back then he'd been in the league for so long. Back then it wasn't a three point shooting league like it is now. So I That's think true. That's forward true. we're going to see that more, but definitely it's not quite a thing yet. Where you know it's very rare. You got a few guys, a few young guys who are doing it right now, like you know Trey Young or something, to come out and just shoot up a storm. But uh, yeah, yeah but Trey f- Young still has those nights where he goes like five for twenty. You know. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, shooters generally, except you know, like the elites are. You know, they, it happens. But uh, you still, yeah, shoot. Yeah, when you're talking about when you're talking about an 18 year old, though, six nine, then can jump out of the building like he had. You know, he, presumably he didn't spend much time in high school shooting the three, right? He was yeah. just running over guys. So yeah, yeah, that'd be the last thing I'd expect him to be able to do well is shoot threes. But again, it's it's something you can work on, and I'm sure they're. That's why we got coaches. Yeah, I'm sure he's trying to add it to his game because of the way the league's moving, right? So. And in, even in if he's if he's in college, right? Then that's a different well, system. So they're not going to need you for that either. It's, it's largely an NBA thing, right? Where your bigs are well, shooting threes. You, yeah, and I should say, like uh, you, you mentioned, the modern NBA, like it's not like LeBron's day. The guy is actually shooting just under thirty percent, which would have been pretty good back then. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, now, Ben, uh, it, seeing as how we're getting at this a little bit earlier in the day than usual, did you happen to see any uh, lines that you like or don't like? I did, actually. Um, yeah, we missed our Sunday show, so we'll push back the uh, chef's corner here. Um, uh, what, did, uh, what did I have there? Um, yeah, so, yeah, there's a real, real juicy underdog play um, for tonight. It's uh, the Pelicans against the Grizzlies. Um, the Pelicans are currently three and a quarter on the money line against uh, three and a quarter odds again on the money line against Memphis. Um, Zion Williamson is, of course, going to be out with that finger injury that David Griffin apparently considers an act of war. I don't know if you guys saw that little speech he gave. <laughs> no, no. Um, if you haven't, you should look it up. It's so over the top. He talks about like. Uh, you got to look it up, but he's going on about the violence that's been imposed on Zion this year and the referees, and oh, wow. oh, it's unbelievable. It's a tirade. But um, but back to that game, yeah, Brandon Ingram might actually come back and play this one. He's a game-time decision, and he's definitely a game-changer. So with the odds the way they are, I like this play a lot. Um, and especially, I didn't think the Grizzlies looked very good against us at all. You know, uh, I mentioned the turnovers. Jaron Jackson's still on some sort of minutes restrictions, so um, you don't want to go too crazy with this bet, but I really like that Pelicans game uh, tonight in Memphis. And um, the other one, the big game of the night, is Utah versus Golden State. Um, There's no Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell for Utah, and you guys have probably seen what Steph Curry has been uh, doing the last, I don't know, two months or so. He's playing at maybe his best... The best level he's ever played. So I'm going to ask you guys, what do you think? It's only a three-point spread for Utah. Who's going to win that one? Uh, yeah, I'd say uh, it's definitely definitely a good money on uh, goal. A good chance, anyways, for Golden State to steal this one. So, um, yeah, like you said, Ka- er, Curry's been doing, like, double-digit threes in a lot of these games, and it's just just crazy. So, um, yeah, I might actually check that out. It'll be fun watch. I always like watching Steph Curry play. He's fun. Yeah, I'm just yeah. checking out here. He's so. back to hitting the crazy shots too. What do you mm-hmm. think there, Brendan? Underdog or? Well, Utah's first right now in the in the West. First or second? They are, yeah, but are uh, like I said, they're still short Donovan Mitchell. So. Yeah, that uh, could be interesting. Um, yeah, but is do uh, is Kelly Oubre playing for Golden State? Do you know? 
Uh, he is out. Yeah, he is out. Okay, that's going to be one of those things. It's like how much does Golden State want to get out of the? Uh, I don't even think they can get out of the play-in. So yeah, um, I think Utah wants to stay number one. Definitely. So I'm going to yeah, because they don't want to end up possibly playing the Lakers. So I would say yeah, Utah's going to be pretty motivated to win this. I think I would have to go with Utah on that one. Okay, Brennan takes Utah, Kieran takes Golden State. We'll see who's... Yeah, let's uh, go chef. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention was a big shout-out to Carmelo Anthony. He's one of my all-time favorite players, and he moved into top 10 on the all-time NBA scoring list. Okay. So whatever you think of him, and he's a pretty polarizing player, but that is a crazy accomplishment to think about. Mm-hmm. Well, he's only, been in the league uh, for ages too, right? He came in with LeBron, I think. So Yeah, same year. Yeah, same draft, and crazy. we were one away. We got Chris Bosh right behind him, but... Um, I don't know. People have always knocked him because he doesn't didn't win, but like he came into Denver before Masai Jiri, and then he was in New York during the Phil Jackson fiasco. So like expecting him to win, I think is a little crazy. But um, I just think it's nuts. Like he's yeah now in the top ten, and he's like probably one of the most underrated players mm-hmm. of his generation. I think so. But big shout out to him. Congrats. Good job. Well, you know, on that uh, positive note here, I think it's uh, time we say goodbye for the day here. I hope that uh, you guys have a great day. Kieran, always a pleasure. Yes, sir. We'll see you later this week. You got it, Ben. Same thing. Always good to talk to you. Yes, indeed. Take care. And as always, we love you, B. And everybody out there, you have yourself a great day. And we'll talk to you a little later this week. Cheers. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.